This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. You're listening to Valley Football First and Goal, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference on the lineupmedia.fm network. Now, your host, Kelly Burke. Welcome to the MVFC First and Goal podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Burke, and gearing up for college football season, which is coming up fast, and I'm pleased to be joined on this show by Hero Sports lead FCS writer, Sam Herter. Sam, uh, welcome to the show, and how's your summer going? Uh, well, first off, thanks for having me. I appreciate I appreciate that. And my summer has been it's been going pretty good, pretty quick. Uh, football season is right around the corner, like you said, so it's exciting. Yeah. Well, before we dive deep into, you know, the FCS and Valley football stuff, you know, I want to get into your background a little bit. You're obviously a North Dakota State alum. You grew up uh, in that area. And so how did, you know, attending NDSU shape your interest in sports journalism and specifically what you're doing now for a job? Yeah, so I got to NDSU in the fall of 2011 and I graduated in the spring of 2015. Um, so obviously my four years as a student there was when NDSU won the first four national championships. Um, so I was there, you know, right, right, you know, when the dynasty was kind of getting started. Um, and I, I went to NDSU as a journalism uh, major, pursuing my journalism uh, degree. Um, I started working at the campus newspaper my sophomore year and my junior year as a sports editor there. Uh, then my senior year I was the editor-in-chief, so I started, I got NDSU. to cover you. Um, you know, all the football success. I was able to cover three national championships. Um, I was able to cover the Kansas State win, the Iowa State win. Um, just experiences like that. I don't think a lot of, you know, student journalists get a chance to cover one national championship, um, let alone three, and then going to those big FBS stadiums. So it was, it was quite the experience for me. And, um, you know, really taught me, it probably taught me more than what the classroom could actually being out there and, and covering the games in person. Yeah, you, you really got spoiled. I mean, it was almost <laughs> probably a little bit of a letdown when you left NDSU. Yeah, the well, the one year, they, the year after um, I left, they did still get a national title. Obviously, this last year they didn't. Um, but, you know, I could have extended my stay at NDSU for another year and went five for five for national, national championships. But, you know, four for four isn't bad either. Yeah, not bad at all. Well, you are the lead FCS writer now, as I mentioned. You know, in the past you've covered, you know, specifically the Valley. But how did that opportunity come about? And, you know, how does that change even the day-to-day duties that you're doing for Hero Sports? Yeah, so I started out uh, with Hero Sports in October of 2016 um, when I moved to the Twin Cities and started a newspaper job here. And I reached out to them and asked if they wanted a freelancer. And that I explained my background and they wanted me to come on and, and cover just the valley um and then you know just a, probably a month or two ago um one of the full-time writers at hero sports brian mclaughlin who i think a lot of uh, fcs fans know um he actually got moved to the sec to cover that full-time so they asked me to kind of take over the entire fcs um, as a whole um, i'm still just a freelancer at hero sports but now instead of, you know just covering the valley um i'm covering the entire subdivision so for me really that changes basically is you know instead of covering you know 10 teams i'm covering 124, however many FCS teams there are. So it's kind of a wider, uh, broad scope of things of the SES. Instead of just paying attention to the top, you know, five teams in the Valley, I'm paying attention to, you know, to the top 25 
uh, teams in the FCS and kind of expanding out my coverage uh, more to the to the entire subdivision. Yeah, you know, and, and I think a lot of people probably don't realize, you know, that your full time job, you know, as you mentioned, is covering high school sports at a newspaper in the Twin Cities. And so, you know, how do you juggle those two jobs specifically during football season? Yeah, it's it's a challenge because obviously my first priority has to be, you know, my full time job and that, you know, keeps me busy 40 to 45 hours a week. So with with the my plan, I guess, with uh, Hero Sports during the fall is to, um, you know, try to get three to four, maybe five articles a week. Um, some of them might be really easy, you know, lists here, the you know, the top five games of the week or the top 10 games. Those are pretty easy to write. But I also want to, you know, get one or two feature stories out there where I'm, you know, making calls to coaches or talking to players. Um, kind of diving into the personalities of the players and coaches. Um, so we'll we'll see how it, how it goes um, in the in the fall. Um, I'm hoping, like I said, three to five articles a week. Um, with the main focus, it'll be you know kind of on the top teams, uh, the teams with you know the best fan bases. Um, kind of focus, kind of focus on those top teams because there's only you know obviously so many articles I can write. I want to focus on the you know the top top ten, top twenty five teams in the FCS. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, you recently came out with an article. You know, the top uh, draft picks for 2018 at the FCS level, you know, and, and also earlier this summer, you did a whole series on the top Valley players at each position group and ranking them. And so, you know, I'm curious, can you take me through the process of how you go about ranking those guys or ranking teams? You know, are, are you relying on film, you know, going to games in person, coaches, scouts, you know, what, what factors into all that? Yeah, so obviously whenever you're doing a list, you know, it's obviously a little, you know, subjective, um, you know, it's some of it's uh, for, like, for example, for the Valley teams, um, my starting points is looking at the all conference list from 2016, um, seeing who are underclassmen, see who's coming back. Um, I look at stats, you know, I look at, um, you know, the, the Youngstown State uh Running back, for example, um, I had Tevin McCaster. I had I had him as the number two returning uh, running back in the Valley this coming year. Um, and the reason I put him at number two, his stats didn't wow you, um, but he really came along at the end of last year. Um, and Youngstown State in 2016 had two senior running backs that you know had combined for 300, 400 carries, um, and he was their third leading back. So a lot of it is you know some might be stats, but like with McCaster's case, I just figured he's gonna have a big year because he's gonna carry the bulk bulk of it. So that's kind of you know, I did stats. I did returning all-conference players, um, and also, you know, I do make it to a handful of games um, in the Fargo Dome, uh, so I do get to watch these guys in person a little bit too. Um, so it is a little bit of sub, you know, a little you know, subjective at times. I also back it off or back it up with stats, and that's kind of how I form my top five list. Yeah, that makes sense. You mm -hmm. know, when it comes to content, not only during the season, but like let's take for example, right now, it's it's the off season technically still. You know, are you pitching stories? to hero sports or are they coming to you and saying hey here's a concept we want you to write a story on it yeah right now it's kind of they're kind of giving me free reign uh which is nice you know i told them at the beginning of the summer this is kind of what i have planned um you know i plan on doing these top five lists you know looking at uh, possible future nfl draft picks um i'll be you know later on this summer i'll be looking at uh, you know predicting conference champions in each fcs conference um, stuff like that. So a lot of it is at the at the beginning of the summer, I pitched them, you know, my story ideas. Um, but after that, it's basically they were kind of giving me free reign, and I'm just kind of, you know, submitting stories, um, one to two, three stories a week uh, during the summer. Um, submit it to them, and then, and then they just kind of run with it. Mm -hmm. 
You know, what do you feel like are the biggest storylines coming into the Valley this season? Uh, I think the biggest storyline, uh, in my opinion, is to see if South Dakota State can take that next step. Um, obviously, they're, they show they're knocking on North Dakota State's door um, with that win during the regular season. But I think in the playoffs, you know, NSU kind of showed SDSU that they still have a long ways to go. And I think with this year's South Dakota State's team, um, they obviously want to win another uh, conference championship. But I think they're looking to get past, you know, the second round, the quarterfinal round. I think they really do have national championship aspirations. Um, and offensively, they obviously have the talent and the team to do yeah. so. Um, it's a matter of if the defense, um, it's a matter of if the defense, you know, you know, can play just above average. If they can play just above average, I think South Dakota State has a real chance. So I think that's kind of the number one storyline uh, to see how South Dakota State, if they can make that next step. Obviously, there's other ones. If Youngstown State, um, you know, if they can continue other progression, uh, you know, try to make it back to the national championship or make another run. Um, obviously. Anything North Dakota State involved is a big storyline, um, you know, seeing if they can, you know, if their dynasty truly is over, if last year was just a chink in the armor, and they'll, they'll return and win another national championship. So there, there's a lot of storylines, but I think those are probably some of the top ones there. You know, let's talk about North Dakota State for a second, just because you're an alum and, and from, near, from near Fargo, about an hour away. You know, what's the feeling you get from the fan base right now, just Obviously, they they had a great season by most team standards last year, but I think because you know everybody there got so used to winning national championships on an every year basis. You know, what's the feeling around town? You know, what's the expectations this year? Yeah, I don't think the expectations have lessened. You know, any at all, or I guess maybe a little. I think fans came to the realization last year that national championships just don't happen every year. It's it's obviously not realistic, but but when you win five in a row and a lot of those wins besides the Illinois State one um, in the title games are pretty dominant performances by NDSU so I think you know it became an expectation uh, to win national championships every year um, and I think NDSU fans and, and, the, and the coaches the players the program they expect you know to win national championships every year but I think the fan base realizes that a 10 and, or whatever their record was a 14 and 2 record uh making it to the semifinals, that's not a failure of a season. It's not, you know, you know, a, a wasted season. I think fans realize that national championships aren't going to happen every year. Um, but I think the fan base is hungry. Obviously, in my opinion, I think NDSU will be a better team this year than they were last year. I think a lot of fans um, agree with that. So obviously, you know, national champion, national champions is kind of the expectation this year. But I think at the same time, if, if NDSU makes it to Frisco and let's say play, plays James Madison, I mean, NSU ends up losing and doesn't win another national championship. I don't think the fan base is going to be, you know, all up in arms, you know, complaining about because I think they've realized that national championships just don't, it, it doesn't happen every year. Yeah. What do you feel like is unique about that fan base? Um, I think what makes it so unique is there's not really a, a pro team, you know, to cheer for besides the Vikings, and that's, you know, a few hours away. So I think, you know, Fargo is kind of, I don't want to call it, you know, stuck in the middle middle of nowhere, but it's kind of, you know, on on its own as far as, you know, you know, as far as sports teams. So I think that's what makes it so special is that they have such a kind of a unique following. You know, their fan base stretches out, you know, a two, three hour radius around Fargo and everyone comes to Fargo for games. So I think that's what makes it so unique. Um, just having the passion, you know, a lot of FCS teams don't have the passion just because they're stuck in, you know, all the teams in Virginia, the FCS teams, they have all those FBS teams around them. Yeah. The only the only other college 
football team around North Dakota State that's out of the FCS is Minnesota, and you know not a lot of not a lot of people want to cheer for the Minnesota Gophers, <laughs> uh, especially when you're in especially when you're in uh, North Dakota. So I think it's just you know it's either North Dakota State or North Dakota if you're a college football fan in, in the state of North Dakota. You know who's your favorite to win the Valley this year? I guess I should say your early favorite and why. Yeah, I think it's. I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to, I'm going to say that North Dakota State and South Dakota State are going to tie again for it because I don't see either team. I think both teams will probably make it through the conference with one loss. Um, obviously, one of those losses will be at the hands of the other. And then it's just so tough to make it through the Valley undefeated. You saw the, yeah. the only team that's done it recently is the 2013 Bison, and that team was, you know, you know some say it was the best FCS team ever. Um, so I can I can see both these teams are good enough to make it through the valley with one loss. So I think North Dakota State and South Dakota States um, will, will probably tie tie for the title too, which both programs won't enjoy sharing it. So, um, <laughs> but I think that's, that's that's what I'm calling right now that both teams will make it through the conference schedule with one loss. Well, fair enough. You know, top to bottom, do you feel like the valley as as a whole is this one of the the best years you've seen, just talent wise? Uh, top to bottom team, you know, and especially playoff potential as far as the number of teams that can make the postseason? Yeah, I think, you know, the Valley is going to be, you know, one of the, I think it is going to be the strongest conference in the in the FCS again this year. I'm, you're probably looking at um, another five teams in the playoffs um, because they're such a strong, they're such a strong uh, conference. I think from top to bottom, it's hard to, it's hard to kind of gauge where this, where this year is. I think you look at the 2014 uh, Valley with you know NDSU and Illinois States made it to made it to the title game. Yeah. Um, U and I was really good. They had David Jones, um, obviously at running back. South Dakota State was really good with Austin Sumner at quarterback and Zach Zander obviously at running back. So I think 2014 the Valley was probably at its peak, um, but this year the talent you know just is right there still. There's a lot of there's a lot of NFL talent. Um, and it's so deep, and the problem with the Valley is these teams beat up on each other. Where, uh, you know, a, a, a six and five Valley team is better than a, you know, a nine and two Ohio Valley Conference team. Yeah. Um, no offense to the Ohio Valley, but I think everyone realizes how you know how good the Valley is. But I think you know, looking at playoff playoff contenders, you can probably you know make the case that five will make the playoffs again this year from the Valley. Yeah. My conversation with Sam continues shortly, but if you're enjoying this edition of the MVFC First and Goal podcast, check out all the lineup media group offerings featuring your favorite sports as well as non-sports podcasts too. Now back to the show. What about, you know, what would you consider main storylines for the FCS as a whole this year? I think the main storyline will be North Dakota State, James Madison, because I think everyone... uh, it's kind of there's a consensus that those are the top two teams. They're the 1A, 1B team with kind of a distant third. And I think everyone is expecting those two to meet up eventually in the playoffs. You know, hopefully they're on opposite sides of the bracket as long as both North Dakota State and James Madison can take care of business during the regular season. I think a lot of people are kind of looking at them uh, to meet up in Frisco, which would be you know a crazy scene just because both fan bases you know would sell that place out uh, in, in a heartbeat. Uh, so I think that's kind of the main the the main storyline is if if James Madison can can defend its its title, um, or if North Dakota State can get it back. And then obviously there's some sleepers. I think South Dakota State um, is right there uh, as a potential uh, national championship contender. I think Wofford is right there. You obviously have um, Sam Houston State, Eastern Washington. They're always kind of around, always kind of flirting with the national title 
uh, contendership. Uh, but I think, you know, the main storyline will be NDSU versus James Madison. Um, will they meet up? And if so, what will happen? You know, for those fans that aren't as familiar with, with JMU, you know, and their, their style of play, how similar is it to how North Dakota State's gone about building their program? Yeah, so it's interesting. The week of the semifinals, there are a lot of stories, you know, coming out that when Mike Houston got the job in 2016, it was his first year there um, at James Madison, and he told his players that we're going to build this team, we're going to build this program to beat North Dakota State. And how he did that was James Madison has always been a really good, talented team. They just weren't very physical. They wanted to air the ball out. Uh, defensively, they weren't really physical, and Mike Houston made them a physical team. Um, he made his offensive defensive lines really physical and basically said if we want to beat North Dakota State because the national title is going to go through North Dakota State um, we need to get more physical um, and I think honestly I think James Madison was ahead of schedule when you're ahead of schedule um, you know the fan base and coach Houston probably didn't expect that you know his formula would work that quick mm -hmm. um, but it worked within you know within a year so it's kind of scary to think about what they can do this year next year now that you know they have a full off season uh, with coach Houston so I think really what he did was just make them a physical team, and I think that's the ingredient uh, to success in the FCS. You can't make it through a 24-team playoff without being physical. You know, after a while, you're going to run into that November, December weather where it's 36 degrees out, and if you're a pass-happy team, um, you're probably going to struggle. So I think, you know, being physical is really key in the FCS. Well, that kind of leads me into my next question. You know, in your opinion, do you feel like can you win an FCS championship without having a strong defense? and you know make make the argument either way yeah i don't i don't i honestly don't think you can because we've seen how many times has eastern washington lost in the semifinals because they couldn't make a stop um i think it's happened you know at least two or three times um and i think you know after a while especially when you get to those december games the real football weather games um you need to have defense after a while you know you can score as many points um but if your defense is a little soft eventually you're going to have to get a stop and if you can't do that um, you're going to struggle. And I think we've seen that with, with Eastern Washington where they've they've scored 43 points a game, but they end up losing 49 to 43 just because they couldn't get that last stop and that cost them the trip to Frisco. Um, so, I mean, is it is it is it possible to have a below average defense and, and still win a national championship? It's definitely possible, um, but you're going to have to score, obviously, a lot of points. And I think after a while, your uh, struggling defense will catch up to you um, in a 24-team uh, bracket. Yeah. You know, for people that are unfamiliar with hero sports uh, and the emphasis you, you specifically place on small school or smaller school sports, you know, how would you sum up what the organization is all about and, and where you're going? Because um, you're really, a, you know, a website and an organization that's really on the rise. Yeah, the growth at Hero Sports has really been uh, amazing. I've only been here um, since October of, of 2016, so I haven't been a part of it all. But I, th I believe the website started in, in 2014, um, and has really just just blew up um, from there as far as page numbers. And I think there's still a lot of growth. Uh, it, it's a, it's a website that covers you know basically all the sports. Uh, you can find NFL and NBA stuff on there. Um, but kind of their thing is giving coverage to the mid-major teams: FCS, D2, D3. Um, and when they brought Brian McLaughlin on as a full-time writer, they decided to give him the FCS beat uh, to kind of see what he can do with it. And he just, he did such a great job with his FCS coverage. And I think the fans, uh, the teams, the, the sports information directors, you know, the athletic directors took notice. 
um, and started giving Hero Sports, um, you know, a good reputation. Whenever we do our top 25 uh, list and let's say a team makes it, you know, they, they publish that and send out a press release that says, you know, North Dakota State number one on Hero Sports uh, top 25 list. So, so it's really grown. Um, now with Brian, you know, moving on to the to the SEC, um, hopefully we can, you know, bring on some more people to help me out uh, with some FCS stuff. So because yeah. I think, you know, people are definitely people are starting to notice it and we're getting more and more traffic. So it's, it's exciting to see where the future will, will will take us with our with our FCS stuff. Well, you know, especially when you consider too, you know, the mainstream sites like an ESPN, a Fox Sports, you know, they're really putting on the big time FBS program. So you know, a North Dakota State, a JMU, you know, Valley schools, they're, they're rarely going to get, you know, going to get the coverage aside from like college game day when they come to Fargo, you know, or, or maybe a TV game here and there. Exactly. Yeah. And ESPN will stop by, you know, for maybe once a game, you know, one time uh, during the regular season. And obviously, you know, ESPN does all the broadcasts for the quarterfinals, semifinals and the national national title game. But as far as, you know, getting week to week coverage, um, of, of, of the FCS, there's really only, I mean, uh, stats and Athlon, they do a great job of it. And then Hero Sports is just kind of, you know, keep on growing. So, that, so there's really not a whole lot of outlets out there that, that are doing what we're doing. Um, so I think that's why we're getting such great fan engagement is that they appreciate the national coverage. They appreciate kind of our kind of our outlook um, on their teams and in the subdivision as a whole, because there's definitely a passion um, in, in, in a place for, for national coverage of the FCS, in my opinion. You know, I'm curious, you know, and let's let's look ahead to this football season, kind of what your command center, so to say, will look like on a typical Saturday during college football season. If you know, if you're not at the Fargo Dome, if you're not on site at a, a specific game, you know, will, will you have multiple TVs? Will you, you have different devices going so you can kind of keep tabs on all the different teams? Because like you said, it's a, it's a lot more teams now that you're you're not doing just the Valley that you have to keep tabs on. Yeah, uh, we'll see what my what my plan is. You know, if I'm not in Fargo, which I only you know only make a handful of games in Fargo. Um, I have a lot of friends in Fargo, so I usually go and visit them uh, during Baza games. Um, but when I'm not there, it's, it'll probably be ESPN three. Um, you know, having the four corners um, of ESPN three in, in my laptop, having it streaming on uh, on my TV as well. Um, but there's obviously a lot of games. They all seem to start at, at the same time, so it'll be a lot of you know checking each corner of my laptop, yeah. checking. Uh, checking scores and stuff like that and just you know kind of paying attention like i said look paying attention to those top 10 you know marquee matchups of you know number number three versus the number 15 those those kind of games will you know obviously get my attention more you know what's something you feel like that fcs football could teach the fbs ranks uh well get a bigger get a bigger playoff i think okay. uh <laughs> uh i think the 24 team football playoff system is so, is so special to the FCS because they crown a true uh, national champion with, with the FBS, with their four-team playoff, you know, the, the five and six, seven and eight teams that get left out, um, you know, you kind of have to feel for them because they play in a, you don't want to call it a meaningless bowl game, but I mean, it's just a bowl game. You don't really know how, you don't really know how to gauge how the end of the, how the end of the season if they're not in the college, you know, football playoff. So I think that's one thing um that the FBS can look at and say, look, look at the turnout of the FCS games, especially in the quarterfinals, semifinals. Um, you know, look at Frisco. Obviously, the stadium is not near as big as, as like the Alabamas and stuff yeah. like that. But, but those games sell out as well. So I think the FBS can just look at, just look at the the FCS, see what they're doing, and you know, I mean, they don't have to expend, extend it out to a to a 2014 playoff in the FBS, but you know, make extend it out to an 18 
uh, playoffs. I think that that should be their next step because the FCS is showing that it's, you know, it's, it's an exciting time and a lot of people are interested in, wa- in watching that bracket. Are you able to say at all some stories you're working on coming up over the next month or kind of as the season gets started as, as teams head into fall camp here in, in the next month or so? Yeah, uh, so I think I mentioned that I'm going to do a piece, you know, just predicting, uh, you know, all the all, who the conference champions will be in each FCS conference. I'll also be doing, um, you know, for example, top quarterbacks returning in each conference, kind of like what I did with the Valley, but I'll just be, you know, choosing the best court, choosing the best quarterback um, out of, you know, each conference, best yeah. running back out of each conference, kind of et cetera, like that. And as, you know, as fall practices begin, you know, you know, trying to line up some interviews, um, I like to talk with, you know, some head coaches, some assistant coaches, uh, maybe some players. I uh, just kind of talk to them, see how they're feeling, um, you know, coming coming into the season, um, kind of do some future stories and stuff like that. So that's kind of what I'll be doing as, as the season nears. You know, and, and finally, long-term for you. I mean, what's kind of, what's been the long-term dream, you know, growing up and having an interest in sports and knowing you wanted to go into journalism in, in some phase? Yeah, so, I mean, ideally for me, eventually I'd like to, um, you know, be a full-time, you know, covering the FCS level or mid-major sports uh, full-time, whether that be for a newspaper, a magazine, uh, or a website, you know, that's kind of what I want to do, and, you know, at first when I was in college, I wanted to cover, you know, the big-time college athletics professional teams, but as I've kind of continued to cover um, NDSU in, in college, then expanded out to Hero Sports and covering the whole FCS, you know, I wouldn't mind you know, just being a full-time writer covering the FCS, that'd be, I, you know, I would really enjoy that. Uh, we'll see where it takes me. I'll just keep on, keep on working my way there, and hopefully it, it happens sometime. Yeah, well, all the best to you. Uh, is there anything else you want to add that I haven't asked you? Um, I, I just think it's going to be a really intriguing, uh, intriguing season. Uh, like I said, kind of the main storylines are North Dakota State versus James Madison, but I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of sleepers out there that I mentioned, and it's going to be it's going to be another intriguing FCS season, that's for sure. Well, Sam, uh, it was a pleasure. I, I look forward uh, to reading uh, your work you know, throughout the season coming up and uh, look forward to hopefully meeting you at one of these games here uh, later this season. Yeah, definitely. Thank you very much for having me on. Absolutely. Well, if you like what you heard from Sam Herter and our MVFC First and Gold podcast, take a moment and subscribe. Lineupmedia.fm also is home to many other podcasts, shows like Performance Nation, The 11th Inning Stretch, and The Drop Podcast, to name a few. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Tune in next week for another episode of Valley Football First and Goal with Kelly Bird the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference, only on the lineupmedia.fm network. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere you get your podcasts. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.